What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Breeze Nation, what is good? It is your boy, Pat the Designer, back at it again. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and rocking with us for another episode of the Windy City Breeze Chicago Sports Talk Daily. We do this every day from 11 to 12, so we appreciate y'all for showing love on that. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, man, because we do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel to talk Chicago sports, how Chicago talk, so make sure that you get in tune with us, man. On today's episode, we got to get into a lot of different man like Shady McCoy showing shade throwing hate at my boy Justin Fields a lot of hate coming his way gotta uh, also preview this Bears Atlanta game gonna get into that then we gotta talk about the Bulls blowout loss tonight or last night bro like bro I don't I don't know what this Bulls team is right now it's really starting to irritate me but we got a lot to get into on today's episode man appreciate y'all for tuning in and rocking with us hit that like button subscribe to the page if you have not done so make sure you go ahead and just uh Hit that like button, man, because we need the love. How y'all feeling today, man? Chicago, another chilly day. Yeah, it's a little chilly out there. It ain't, it ain't uh, the end of the world, but it's a little bit chilly out there. But the Bulls didn't warm our hearts last night, right? Like, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. It's, it's a chilly day. We got people hating on the Chicago Bears. The Bulls ain't warming our hearts. We got some issues going on around here, but that's all right, man. Um... As we head into this Atlanta game, man, here's the question on the table, and it's the question that I want to ask the chat, all of that, man. Can the Chicago Bulls, uh, Bulls, can the Chicago Bears, Bulls is a different story, take another big step in Atlanta? Can the Chicago Bears take another big step in Atlanta? You have a game coming up versus the Atlanta Falcons where, they're, they're not the end-all, be-all, right? Like, they're in a very similar situation to you. I think they have a worse quarterback. They refuse to go down uh, and uh, uh, um, go to their backup. Uh, they, they they really seem to want to hold on to, to uh, not to, uh, what's his name, Marcus Mariota down there, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not sure what's going on with that, but can the Bears take a step? And by a step right, of course we mean, at this point in the season, right, we've talked about the different steps that the Bears need to take this season. Will we finally see that final step of the the production that we've seen right building up where it finally ends in a win? I know we got the win versus the Patriots, but we've had a lot of these games that have come down to the wire. We've had a lot of these games that have come down to the end of the game, right? The last two minutes. Can we finally see this team put it all together? And get the job done versus the Atlanta Falcons. That's the question on the table today, man. And I, honestly, right, like, I think this is a team that you can. They're, they're going to allow you to move the football. They, they're going to have a tough time stopping Justin Fields, of course, running the football. We know what, what he's able to do there. But even passing the ball through the air. I think this is a game where the Bears actually can get into Atlanta's defense, passing the ball a little bit better this game. And, right, because I also think that this is a game where you could see Chase Claypool finally get a little bit more run Atlanta's basically uh, uh 30th in um passing yards allowed this season or 32nd in passing yards allowed this season one of the worst teams in the NFL they're a little bit better against the run but for the most part right like um opponents are doing a pretty good job just being able to move the ball through the air on them I think this could be a game where you see Justin Fields have his best game and be able to shut up guys like Shady McCoy right like this is this is a game to me where you could see 
Justin Fields actually have an opportunity to drop back and have a little bit of time. Not a great pass rush down there in Atlanta, right? Not to say that this this pass pro is going to be the end-all, be-all, but not a great pass rush down there in Atlanta. Nothing really defensively that sticks out to you. The DBs don't worry you that much, right? Like, there's so much that's set up here, and I think this is the game where you're finally going to be able to see this offense start to take a big step in the right direction, where you're going to see Justin Fields be able to move the ball a little bit more vertically through the air now at the end of the day right these wide receivers got to be able to come down with it but I do think right to me that's the reason why I'm looking at this as the game where you want to get Chase Claypool to most run this is a game where you really can work them in your system right against against the the Lions right I wasn't that worried about the Lions DBs either um but you just, I mean, like the, it was almost like after rewatching the tape, it was almost like Luke Getzey was like, yeah, but we know you can't stop the run. So we're just going to keep doing this. Um, and it was, it, it was almost like Getzey basically just saying, I dare you to stop Justin Fields. You know what we're going to do with Justin. You know how we're going to come out and play this with Justin. I dare you to stop Justin Fields. And listen, to, to his credit, right, the Lions weren't able to until he ends up making a couple of mistakes at the end that, that put you in a bad situation, miss kick, bad, bad special team, stuff like that, right? But, like, I, I, I look at that game. And now I'm saying, okay, take what you did in that. Again, 31 points. Love that. Love seeing that. Let's keep moving in the right direction. Let's keep moving forward with that. 31 31 points, but you didn't score enough. Or 30 points, I should say, but you didn't score enough. Or your defense didn't stop them enough. Or it's on the – whatever you want it to be. This is the game where I think it all comes together, right, down here in Atlanta. Now, did that game hurt? Yeah. Did that game versus the Lions hurt? For sure. That one sucked. But I think that this is the game down here in Atlanta where the Bears are going to be able to get the job done. Now, you still got to come out and do a lot of things well, and you're behind the eight ball, right? We heard yesterday Khalil Herbert going to be placed on the IR. Uh, That's major. That's a big blow to this team because Khalil Herbert was running the ball really well. He was your second rusher behind David Montgomery. Now, essentially, you have to go more to Treston Ebner. But even with that, right, you're kind of looking at that and saying, okay, but is Justin Fields kind of playing that second running back position because Monty hasn't got the same run in the last two games, or at least he hasn't gotten the same success on the run in the last two games that we've seen from Monty for the most part, right? So for me, right, I'm I'm looking at this, this game coming out here now and saying, all right, let's try and figure out not only just how we're going to what's, – what's the right way? Not only how we're going to get the win, but how we're going to get the guys that we're going going again. We haven't gotten the guys that were going, going again yet. You know what I mean? Like, that's the one part I don't want to lose in all this. I want to see the success of Justin Fields, but I don't want to lose the successes that were already there. Like the video, if you agree. You know what I mean? Like, I think that this is a team that absolutely can come out and be successful. I think this is a team that that can offensively, right, start to figure some things out, and you want to work some different things out. They, they, they You heard Justin Fields talking yesterday, and we'll listen into that a little bit uh, about him and uh, Claypool doing a little bit of extra work after practice, doing a little bit of extra work, trying to get themselves on the same wavelength offensively right and I I I love that you know I love to see that but now right I let's not let's not Chicago Bulls this thing it's not Chicago Bulls this thing. Not, let's not do a lot of talking, and we're not seeing uh, uh, that play out on the field. And I think, right, that goes more to Luke Getze. That goes more to what what is Getze's game plan coming into this. You have to utilize – Justin Fields and Chase Claypool. You didn't spend a second round pick on a guy for him to play 19 snaps. Now, right, like some of those snaps, uh, you heard Flues breaking that down the other day, right? Basically saying that some of those snaps were, um, uh, 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 what's, what's the, uh, basically like Claypool's the first option on some of those snaps, and Justin wasn't able to go to him. He had, he had to go off onto a different read. I I can live with that. I'm fine with that. But the thing that I'm not fine with is him being on the field for only 30% of the snaps. You got to get him out there, at least as a decoy, right? Like, if you spend a second-round pick on him, that at least have him out there as a decoy. And so, for me, right, that's the one thing that I'm focusing on coming into this Atlanta game. Can the Bears take that step in the passing game? We know that Justin's going to be able to run. I know what Justin Fields is. You know what Justin Fields is. You know what he has the ability to do. He's had back-to-back games where he can take off for 67 yards, 61 yards, and... Right. Like that, that those are the, those are the things that you see. Those are the things that you're looking at where you're saying, I know what he can do with his feet. And I know that that's going to be an asset. 
but is he going to be able to do that with his arm? That's the question that I have on the Bears coming into Atlanta on this one. Uh, and I think they are going to be able to do it, right? Again, like I said, Atlanta DBs, nothing that scares you. Uh, I think that this is going to be a game where Justin might have a little bit more time in the pocket. Not a ton more time, but definitely a little bit more time in the pocket. You know what I mean? And... I think that'll allow him a little bit more opportunity to just like that much more time. And Justin Fields is making decisions now on top of that. Right. I, and, and here's the interesting thing that I feel like hasn't been talked about enough, especially with a lot of the hate that Justin Fields is getting in, in different circles and stuff like that. We're not talking enough about how in the passing game, we're still not seeing these receivers get separation. We're still not seeing our receivers get open consistently. And when they do, right, we're still not seeing them hold on to the ball on a consistent basis. I think that the best thing for this team is going to be at least having Claypool on the field, having that addition of Claypool on the field, even as a decoy. Because it gives you that third option in the offense. When you have two options in the offense, it's easy to cover. Right now, you've got Cole Komet, who's playing very well, who's really taking a step. I want to see him continue to take a step offensively, right? And then you've got, uh, uh, um, you know, Mooney doing what he's doing. You've got Mooney doing what he's doing as well. But when there's only the two, guess what? I can look at you, I can look at you, and I can say, all right, we got enough coverage for you, we got enough coverage for you. Who else we got to worry about? He doesn't trust Equinamia St. Brown because he just dropped a pass last week. He doesn't want to go to Dante Pettis because Dante Pettis continues to drop passes. Who's that third guy that's going to make the other two's life easier? You got to get that separation. You got to get that guy on the field. Claypool has that ability. Even if he doesn't get the separation, he's a big-body guy. He has that ability to be able to go up and get it. And that's the part to me that's so important and brings so much value to this team, right? Like just having that guy out there that can be a go up and get it guy, right? Like Justin Fields is, is a really good deep ball passer. Middle of the field, right? He's improved a lot this season. Short passes, we know he can do those dink and dime down the field if you need him to. But the deep ball pass is the one that you really feel like he's a threat at. And guess what? If Chase Claypool's on the field, I feel like he's more of a threat to catch that pass than Equinamia St. Brown or Dante Pettis is. So I'm going to focus more in on that guy. That's just, even if even if you don't throw to him, right? You understand what the quarterback's weapon is. You understand what the receiver's weapon is. And you realize that, hey, if those weapons match up, we can get beat for a big play downfield at a minimum. They might take a chance just to try and get the P.I. call. Right? Like, th that's those are the things that I'm looking at just in the scheme aspect of it. I'm not saying that Chase Claypool's got to go out there and make 37 catches. I'm not saying that Chase Claypool's going to go out there and, and be an elite receiver. I'm not saying any of that. But what I am saying is that if you have this weapon, let's utilize this weapon at a minimum to make the defense go, yeah, we can't just leave that dude open down there. Because what Justin Fields showed you last week is that with his arm, he has the ability to make those big plays deep, that deep pass to Cole Komet, the, the, the dime to Cole Komet for the tutty, right? Like those are the passes that you look at and you say, if you give him a big body, he's going to be able to get it to that big body and put it in a great position for that guy to go up there and get it. That's what I'm looking at from the Chicago Bears going into this Atlanta game. That's what I'm looking at going, going uh, from the Chicago Bears going into this Atlanta game. Let's see some of those big bodies start to get utilized in the right way. Appreciate y'all for tuning in to Rock with your boy, man. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page, man. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel to talk Chicago sports, how Chicago talk. So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. Now we got to get into the fun part of the show, right? Now we've got to get into the part of the show where you got to ask, um, what, what, what's Shady McCoy talking about? Right? Like I, I felt like after listening to Shady on, I, uh, uh, speak first or whatever it was. I, I don't, I don't remember what, uh, um, Joy Taylor's new show is called. The only thing that, that I could think with him breaking down 
what Justin Fields is was... Oh, brother, this guy stinks! And here's the thing that I, I, I can understand two things, right? I can understand that Shady McCoy will know more about football than I'll ever know. That he's a two-time Super Bowl champion, that he's an all-pro, that he's an amazing running back, that he was an amazing talent in the NFL. But I also can understand that clearly you haven't watched any Justin Fields tape over the last four weeks. Because if you've watched Justin Fields tape over the last four weeks, you wouldn't say things like, he's just an amazing athlete. Speak for yourself. Shout out to DeMond. You wouldn't say things like, he's just an amazing athlete, but he can't throw. Because over the last four weeks, you've seen that Justin Fields has an ability to throw. And this is my issue with a lot of, and now Shady, I hate to say this, but you are included in the national nerds. This is my issue with a lot of the national guys that want to have a conversation around the Chicago Bears. And and I think, right, this could be something. Me, me, we, we talked about this on the show before, right? Like, sometimes guys just want to get a clip. Sometimes guys just want to have a hot take. And I said this yesterday. You don't have to have a hot take. The things that most sports fans love is when you give us great analysis, great breakdown. And the whole thing that with, with Shady's comments is that when people were telling him the reasoning – around why Justin Fields is struggling at times. I'm not saying that Justin Fields isn't making his own mistakes, right? Like, I think we all can say that Justin is making mistakes. That pass that goes up, that's a pick six to Okuda, bad pass. Can't make that pass. Justin's making mistakes. That's okay to say. But to just say, well, he's only throwing for 160 yards. He's not throwing touchdowns. He's only running the football. He's basically running the easy version of the offense. And when you take away the run, he has no options. Tells me that you haven't watched any of the tape from the last four weeks. Because how many times have we seen Justin Fields deliver a dot? A dot, as Ringo would say. And it get dropped. How many times have we seen Justin Fields actually make the right throw? Heck, I've seen Justin Fields in the last two weeks alone go through his reads better than some of the quarterbacks that are superstars right now who are struggling this season. And that's with probably the least amount of time in the pocket on actual pocket time that he's not creating. Here's my issue with the national nerds. Here's my issue with the guys that just want to do this, get a, get a big point out there, make their name. I got to get into this game. I got to get into the, the, the big TV talk and all of that. Here's my issue with that. When you're breaking down the game from an intellectual standpoint, it stands out. When you're breaking down the game for a hot take, it stands out. And the one thing that they continue to do with Justin Fields, that they did with Lamar Jackson, that they did with Jalen Hurts, that they did with anybody who doesn't come out looking like the second coming of Joe Montana the day he walks on the field, is that you don't allow these quarterbacks to grow in the situations that they're in. And you create these narratives around these quarterbacks that are just untrue. The narrative around Jalen Hurts last year was what? Oh, he can't throw the football. He's only going to be able to run. He's not going to, he's going to make the wrong decision all the time. He's not going to figure it out. Well, okay. He's a second year QB that really is just now stepping in in his first year. Talk about Hurts last year. And 
when you're doing those things, sometimes you have to learn how the real game in the NFL goes. Lamar Jackson is in what, year four now? Is he in year year four or year five? Year four, right? Because he's, he's up for the contract and he's trying and they can franchise him if they want to spend a stupid amount of money. He's in year four. He's just now looking like a good passer four years into this league. Justin Fields is two years in, and I can continually in every game see passes that he makes and say, that's an elite-level pass. That's an elite-level pass. That's an elite-level pass. You put it where your guy can get it, and nobody else can get it. I've seen that multiple weeks in a row. You want to know what the difference is right now between a lot of those other guys and Justin Fields? Lamar Jackson rookie year had Orlando Brown. Lamar Jackson's second year had Orlando Brown. He, he had a left tackle. He had somebody that could defend him, that could protect him. He had an offensive line. Jalen Hurts, the leap from year two to year three, what changed? Not only did they go out and get him some weapons, they got him an offensive line. And it's this same narrative that keeps popping up that, oh, my God, Justin Fields is a running quarterback. No, Justin Fields is running for his life. And, yeah, are there some things that pop up that I don't like in the offensive scheme and the offensive game plan that I think need to be addressed because Justin Fields is running so much? Yeah, 110%. Because, right, like that's changing the mindset of him. It's to the point where he's not sticking on his receivers maybe long enough in some situations because he's so used to having to run for his life. But that's not the conversation that Shady wanted to listen to. Because when they wanted to bring those things up, he was just like, no, 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 that's not how it goes. No, 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 that's not how it plays. That doesn't matter. I also don't like that we're not giving Justin Fields the same leeway that we would give every single other quarterback in this NFL. Why is it that when we look at Justin Fields and we say, oh, if you take away the run, he's going to struggle. Yeah, that's that's quarterback play. If you're predictable in passing, it's going to be harder to pass. Or if you're predictable uh, 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 in passing the football, I should say, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be harder for you to pass the football. If you shut down David Montgomery, and of course, right, uh, uh, Justin Fields will be able to move around and do some different things. But if you shut down David Montgomery, it's going to be harder for Justin Fields to pass the football because you know he has to throw. Like, that's, that's just, that's common sense football. If I know you're going to pass, I can send out an offense that or a defense that's set up for the pass. Let's not change the narrative because we don't like how the kid is doing something. Justin Fields is making his mistakes right now. He's figuring out this league and he's using his athletic talents to do it. And we're making career long predictions on what a kid looks like in year two of the NFL in year two. He ain't been here five years in year two of the NFL. And saying, well, if he continues down this path, he'll be hurt in five years. Or if he continues down this path, he'll only be a running quarterback. Well, that's the same thing y'all said about Jalen Hurts. Now y'all sitting here riding on him for him to be the MVP. What changed? Oh, did, did he play another year in the NFL? Did, did he did he improve in the offseason? Did he get some better weapons in the building? Did he get a better offensive line in the building? Like, we're acting like – and, and this is – it's not even just shady. It's not right. Like, we're acting like this is the Chicago Bears team that's going to be here for the next five years. 
We're acting like this is the Chicago Bears team that's going to be here and they're not going to change anything. The draft picks, none of them going to hit next year. The uh, 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 the the defense is going to continue to look like this. Offensive line, we're not going to try and improve that. You know what I'm saying? Like that that that's the only thing that I look at with the with a lot of these hot takes with a lot of these muds that want to come out and do the yip yap and all that, right? Like those are the things that I look at. and I'm just like, bro, like, but here's at the end of the day. Why aren't you allowing him the leeway to grow? Why aren't you allowing him the leeway to improve his game, to take that next step? You you, you didn't want to allow Lamar to do it, and Lamar won an MVP. You didn't want to allow Hurts to do it, and Hurts dominated, right? Like, why, why is it only if, if, if you didn't come out day one, play one, and dominate? Then this is what your career is going to be. And also, why is all this smoke? Like, is it just because we're focusing on – I will say this. It is weird that the national media is focusing so much on Justin Fields, and I'm glad that my team is getting more national coverage. By the way, if you're in here right now, hit that like button, subscribe to the page, man. We do this every Monday through Friday from 11 to 12. But we don't have this same smoke – for a lot of the other young quarterbacks around the NFL that are having up and down seasons, Justin Herbert's playing mid. Anybody heard anything about Justin Herbert? Y'all been hearing anything about Justin Herbert? Y'all seen these games? Y'all been seeing these Chargers games? Right, like the Bears aren't even in a position to do anything in the playoffs, right? We're just excited that a young kid is doing something that gets people paying attention. Right, like we're, we're just excited that Justin Fields is finally making a play and it's Chicago and that's a big city. So if I talk about the big city, I know that the big city will pay attention. But like, has, has anybody seen like the dude that was supposed to finally make the playoffs this year? That was supposed to finally have like Super Bowl aspirations this year that had a defense that was set up for him to just cakewalk through? Any, anybody paying any attention to that? What's happening there? We're not having no conversation around that though. Trevor Lawrence got half a million dollars spent on him. Over half a million dollars. I don't know why I said half a million dollars. Half a billion dollars spent on him. Right? And has the same situation of a new head coach. Has the same situation of new weapons has the same situation of trying to figure it out. And ain't nobody talking about the fact that every time he get in the red zone, he throwing it to the other team. But we want to crucify Justin Fields for throwing touchdowns in the red zone. Nobody talks about the fact that Trevor Lawrence can drive at 99 yards, but when he got to make that one pitch, that ball be going the other way. But what's Justin doing in the red zone? Well, he's running in the football, so he's got eight passing touchdowns over the last four weeks. Like offensively, Justin Fields is actually scoring points, and he's the one that we want to focus in on and have our ire on and have our beef with. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. And just like with Trevor Lawrence, just like with Justin Fields, just like with all of these young quarterbacks, all of these young quarterbacks, let them develop. Let them figure out what the heck is going on. I'm sorry that everybody can't be Patrick Mahomes the second they step onto the field. But I'll tell you what, Justin Fields' development this year has been pretty freaking good. Justin Fields taking steps this season has been pretty freaking good. 
pretty consistent. But he's the one that we want to hate on. He's the one that we want to focus on. He's the one that, oh man, he's not going to, he's, he's, you can't play with that guy. You can't make plays with that guy. You can't grow with that guy. Why not? Because this is going to be the same team that that's on the field five, 10 years from now. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I'm not a believer in the fact that there's not going to be great. And you know why? Because, and here's my favorite part. Look how they changed Look how they changed in literally four weeks. In four weeks. In four weeks, Justin Fields went from being, oh, he's going to be busting fields. He's not going to be able to play. He can't throw the football. This offense is terrible. This offense isn't growing. They're not figuring out what to do with the football to, wow, Luke Getze really has it all together. Wow, Luke Getze really is going to be able to to uh, uh, do something here. Wow, Luke Getze's really getting a good scheme together. Justin Fields is really figuring it out. Look how great of an athlete he is. He's also throwing the football. Look how beautifully he's playing this ball in here right now we're getting breakdowns on Justin Fields throwing that right like look how that quickly that changed in four weeks so for me right it's not the fact that right now they're hating on the Chicago Bears or, or they're hating on just or I shouldn't say they shady is hating on Justin Fields because I will give everybody else credit everybody else just let shady go I think they all knew a clip was coming too. everybody else just let shady go they was just like all right um but he don't have a number one wide receiver and you know that that's important that don't matter his offensive line is bad that don't matter He's running for his life. That don't matter. He's only an athlete. You know what I mean? Like, I think they really was just like, I think we might have a clip here. We'll just let Shady go. We'll just let Shady have this one. And it's no disrespect to Shady at all, right? Like, again, I keep saying this. Why would he pay attention? Why would he pay attention? Right? Why would Shady McCoy be watching the Chicago Bears? We're three and seven. There's no reason for it. But again, when you come out with hard takes, with career takes, with this is what this guy's going to be, he basically said Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool should be saying, get me a better quarterback. When, if you watched any of the games this season, you would know that in a lot of these moments, in a lot of these plays, the quarterback's the only guy that's making a play. The quarterback's the only guy that's open. The quarterback's the only guy that's dodging a block. Heck, on that last play in Detroit, I was watching the All-22. No one's open. Nobody's got any separation. Justin is trying to find somebody open, and he literally throws off four, five, six people. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. 
That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. That's what Justin Fields is doing before I end up getting sacked. Like that play right there to me felt like the epitome of what this team has been around him this season. Not to say that there's no talent there and not to say that Justin Fields hasn't made mistakes. Again, it would be stupid to say that. The the interception to Okuda was a dumb pass. Right? Like that Justin Fields is going to make mistakes. Guess what? Drew Brees was in year 10 in the NFL still making mistakes. Y'all show me this perfect passer that y'all are looking for. Show me this perfect quarterback that never made mistakes. Show me this perfect quarterback that's that's oh my god, he's at the hit the like button if you rock it with it, bro. If you hit the like 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 button if you if you agree with the point. Show me this perfect quarterback that Tom Brady made a mistake last week. Aaron Rodgers made a mistake last week. The question about these quarterbacks is not, are they going to make mistakes? It's how do they overcome their mistakes? That's what makes the best quarterbacks. How do you minimize your mistakes and how do you overcome them when you make them? And we're not there yet. With three and seven, we're not a good football team. Again, I don't expect Shady McCoy to be watching. I don't. But then don't go on TV and try to do this hot take, hot opinion, whatever it is. If that's not you, if you're not paying attention. And I think that's the big thing around this Bears team, man. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page, man. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel to talk Chicago sports, how Chicago talk. So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. I do want to listen in to what Justin Fields had to say. I guess I should pull that up a little bit. Uh, but before I do that, man, go ahead and... Uh... Push the button. Come on. Push the button. Come on. Push the button. Yeah, come on. Hit that like button, man. We appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us for another episode. Want to listen in on Justin Fields. He was talking, I believe he was talking at the podium yesterday. Um, and also want to listen in on, uh, also, we got to get into what the Bulls did last night. The Bulls looked atrocious last night, dog. Another game where you, you're, just, you're just left confused on what the team is doing. Actually, I was going to sit here and, and do that, but we might have a, we got a live press conference is happening right now hold on let me see this right here let me mute that right there we got live press conferences happening right here yes we do actually we got coach Allen williams at the podium right now so i was going to go to justin fields in this situation but uh why don't we listen in on coach williams live and hear what he has to say on uh on where this bears team is at i guess this season boom let's see Oh, yeah, there we go. The only team that has a uh, better running game than Atlanta is the Chicago Bears. So what do you see when you see the Dolphins on tape? Um, explosive in the run game. Um, try to get on your edges. The uh, the line, they, they do what they do well, which is uh, run to the sideline, try to get on your edges, uh, perimeter blocking, try to find ways to uh, attack your force. Um, and two, uh, no, really three, four really good uh, runners in the in the running backs and the quarterback. So uh, we are definitely going to have our our hands full this this weekend. Alan, what makes Patterson such a difficult guy to, to, to account for? Cordero Patterson. Yeah, um, he's strong. Um, he is. Uh, he's fast. Uh, he's physical. Um, he can catch the football. So he has different elements in there. They. Uh, put him in the backfield, and he runs the, you know, you talk about a receiver that has the whole route tree. He's a running back that has the, you know, I'm just making this up, the run tree, <laughs> so to speak, that he runs inside, he runs outside, he runs powers. Um, so he, it's not one thing where you say, hey, when he's in there, he's going to be running perimeter runs. Uh, he runs them all, so you have to defend him like a running back. And then when they put him out wide, you have to defend him like a receiver. A lot of teams. 
Uh, you know what? More than a thickian. He's a, a respectfully uh, alien. Uh, so he can really, he's, there aren't many, uh, he's a planet guy. There aren't many guys like that on the planet that did, are that big, that fast. Did he just call him a thickian? That, uh, that he does, does so respectfully. Um, he's uh, just a, a good football player that, that does it all. What would you do with him if he wanted to play defense and you had Cordell Patterson available to you? Yeah, I'd, I'd welcome him. Uh, you know, he's I, he's a guy like, um, if I could go back uh, uh, kind of further, like a Ronald Curry uh, that was super athlete that played at quarterback North Carolina and then was that with the Raiders that if he was, uh, you know, with on the defensive side of the ball, you'd see him maybe have a yellow jacket on. So uh, he's, I think, uh, that good. A lot of teams tried to get him going offensively, more than just a special teams player, but the Falcons seem to have really figured it out. What do you think they're doing that's allowed him to take this next step as an offensive player? Well, not, not being there myself and uh, knowing, um, knowing him personally, I would say some of it is just uh, maturing and, and, and growing into your position and growing into that spot and kind of figuring it out. I think people go, well, great athlete, just throw him in there, and he's going to be automatically successful in the NFL. And uh, I don't know if that gives uh, enough respect to how hard the game is, how complex the ball game is, what people have to do. They think, hey, just hand him the ball and let him go. But there's more to it than that. It's actually running the offense. It's actually protections. It's actually uh, route trees. It's adjustments. So I think he's just uh, probably matured some, probably – uh, figured the the playbook out in terms of all the nuances of of it, and um, you know, and and to his credit, switching positions and working at it. Alan, going against this offense every day, and then seeing what Atlanta does, like similarities in terms of like their playbook makeup with you know design rush percentage, play action. Is there a benefit to this defense and how you game plan for Atlanta, knowing that I guess you see a variation of this every day? I think there is. You're seeing some of the same plays uh, on a regular basis, some of the same plays that we saw in in, in camp. And uh, whenever you have a familiar scheme, the guys, um, they only block it so many different ways. So the guys are, are a little bit familiar with that. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, it's still um, man matchups. It's still, can I whip my man? Can I whip the guy across, across from me? Can I tackle the guy? Can I set an edge? It still comes down to that. Uh, so I'd say both. Yes, we have some familiarity with uh, with the offense, but it's still going to be, hey, can I whip my guy? That's across from me. Now, what have you seen of, of Kyler Gordon behind the scenes? And have you recognized? Hey, yo, he got a lot of interesting terms in his game, bro. <laughs> I, I, can I, I whip do, my I guy, Thickiana um, or Thickian, whatever you call him? I see growth in the in the meeting room. I see growth Concerning. with the types of questions that he asks. Um, I see growth in terms of how comfortable he's getting with uh, each ball game. It's a little bit faster. It's a little um, when he's recognizing uh, different plays, he's playing a little bit faster there. So each week it's a little bit better. And um, when, when you talk about rookies or first-year players, you, you have to give them a little bit of grace, not much, but a little bit in terms of uh, you know the, the season for, for them in college was almost almost coming to an end. And so it's, it's all those things that are stacked on top of them. It's not just football. It's the length of the football season. It's the intensity of the football season. It's the complexity of the NFL season. It's the physical demands that we're putting on the guy's body, uh, physical and mental. So um, I'm still pleased with, with Kyler Gordon in a, in a big way. Jalen Johnson was noticeably not as effective as he usually is against the Lions. He was playing hurt. How much of it was that, or was there something else at play that kind of led to that? Uh, I'll let Jalen say why he, um, you know, why he didn't do as, um, you know, if he'd said as, as well as he usually does. Sometimes it's just that, hey, guys didn't have a, a great ball game. You wouldn't attribute to uh, anything other than, hey, maybe – um, you know, good good scheme, good route for the play, that type of thing. Um, you know, and, and when I do know this, when Jalen hadn't performed up to his standards, I do know the next week um, you can almost bet that uh, the next week is gonna gonna be better. He's prideful, he's smart, uh, he's tough, uh, he's uh, mentally stable, um, and so I, I guarantee you that um, this week will be better than last week. Notice that this bothered him. You know that affected him. Sometimes guys try not to show it, but could you tell that 
he was bothered by the way he played Sunday? Uh, I, I think not just Jalen, but but anyone, and you know me included, that uh, when you go into a ball game and you have expectations of how you're going to perform and the weight, especially when you work hard as hard as he does, that um, it, yeah, it's going to bother you. And I'm glad that it bothers him that um, you know that he didn't grade out a a plus. Uh, so that just means that uh, he's going to continue to work, continue to improve, and. You know what? We wouldn't think anything different. Even if he, if he graded out A plus, um, we're still looking for that it's A plus uh, plus the next week. So uh, we don't approach it any any different. What were the conversations uh, with him when you went back and looked at that penalty on film? No conversations. <laughs> really, you know, um, there there aren't any conversations to have. We watch the film. We look at it. Um, um, yeah, no, no conversations about that. We would just say that uh, not about that play. I, as a group, the conversations would be when you have adversity uh, strike within a ball game, our growth uh, is going to be, hey, they make a call, um, there's some adversity. Now in really good teams and really good defenses and really good coaches, uh, what you do, you, you respond in a, in a positive way and you come out there the next play and you, you stop them. And then the next play, you stop them. Our job qualification didn't, hey, stop them only when things go well or only when it's positive. Our job is to, uh, and as a period behind it, stop them. And so our job is to respond uh, no matter what, good, bad, or indifferent, stop them. How important is it? How important? and Sanborn. Yes. What do your defensive linemen need to do to unlock that? Can that be done in the middle of the season? And and do you have to consider changing up the mix at all? Um, you know, especially on obvious pass downs. I would say yes. And you said no. It would be yes. Yes, in that can you change it in the middle of the season? Yes, that's what we're working on. Uh, what do you need to do? Yes, mix it up. Uh, we're bringing pressure. We're rushing for. Uh, we've done some different things there. Um, and then uh, technique and uh, continue to uh, give great effort. And so all of those are, are yes. Uh, we, we would like the, you know, our front four to uh, lead uh, our team in sacks. It's not happening right now, but we look for that to change as we, as we go along. Um, so and you know what, to the credit of our guys, um, they're upset about it that um, they're not leading the, the group in sacks, but they're still working their tails off. They're still uh, hustling. And this is the type of team we have. They're excited for those guys that do have the sacks. It's not uh, a pissy attitude where, hey, um, you know, I'm looking at you sideways. Our team, they're excited about that, and that shows what kind of guys you have. Alan, with Justin Jones, what is something specific that you enjoy about coaching him, something unique to him that you really like in terms of you guys' relationship? Yeah, um, I would say when you get a veteran in here, um, and um, how open he is to coaching. Um, and really, uh, I, I hate to say that, but everyone is not like that. Everyone is, uh, some guys are, hey, I've been successful doing this, and so I'm going to do this throughout my career. Uh, he's come in, and he's been wide open, and he's saying, hey, coach, uh, help me get better. Help me to improve. What things do you, what things do you see that I need improvement? And uh, to his credit, Travis, his position coach, has said, hey, A, B, and C, this is what we're going to work on. And, um, and uh, with me, whenever I say, hey, I need you to do this better or this is how you can do this better, he goes, okay, give me a, give me a kind of a why because our, our guys are like that. Give me a why, and that's okay. Um, and, hey, this is the why. He goes, okay, let's, let's get it done. And so I do appreciate that with an uh, 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 older vet like that. Does he ever get in the 100% club? Does he ever get the no loafs? No, no. I don't know if anyone ever gets the no loafs um, or have, have gotten the, the no loafs. Um, they minimize them, but um, and with 20 or more reps, I'm not sure if any of our guys have, have been in that category. Uh, don't completely quote me on that. Uh, I'm just <laughs> – I know I'm up here on, on the microphone, but um, I'm not sure if anyone – anyone has that's the standard uh that we're that we're trying to obtain but uh perfection is something you strive for and i'm not sure if any of us have gotten to perfection just yet how important is it to the defense to generate more takeaways and 
How do you accomplish that? I know you guys have been focusing on it from day one, so it's not like you can emphasize it any more than you already have. Mm -hmm. um, that question was probably asked about four weeks ago, and we said they, they come in bunches. What you do is you keep uh, emphasizing in practice, you emphasize in the meetings, you emphasize in how you do things, and I think that was before the New England game, and you know there were three or three or four of them. Uh, so say about that, and then um, you would say how important is it uh, it's as important as winning because, in, you know, we equate uh, the turnovers to victory and the turnovers to um, to winning the football game. So the the more you are in the plus uh, in the takeaway margin, uh, the, the higher the percentages are that you're winning football games. So it is taking the football away. It is everything. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. That's Coach Williams at the podium, breaking down basically what he's been seeing uh, defensively and what the Bears need to do. I mean, listen, defensively, we know that there's some issues with this team. Um, and we, we know that, right, like he broke, broke down the fact that your front seven hasn't gotten home. Your front seven hasn't been the ones to end up uh, leading the NFL in sacks or leading your team in sacks, I should say. Your front seven has been an issue throughout the season. And that's something that you want to fix. That's something that you want to see get fixed. But at the end of the day, right, like, you also have to work with the talent that you have. I'm focused on, I, I said this right, what do we really want to see this Bears team do as they continue to move forward? I'm focused on the scheme. I'm focused on seeing this team um, find a core that really works well with it. I'm focused on seeing this team find a core that's going to be here for a long time, and I think we might have something here. You saw from week one to week two, Jack Sanborn turned into a completely different player. Now, granted, right, Jared Goff, but you saw from week one to week two, a guy show really good instinct, show really good play on the field a lot of things like that right uh we also got getsy coming up to the podium here um good to hear from alan williams want to hear from getsy as well i didn't know that this would line up perfectly time-wise so uh let's listen in on what luke getsy had to say uh and maybe i'll end up dropping a uh, solo video on the bulls just breaking down what we saw last night we'll get it all in. i appreciate y'all tuning in rocking with us hit that like button if you have not done so man i know on a thursday we don't have as many people up in here man because mugs be busy but it's all good man we appreciate y'all for pulling up and rocking with your boy successfully been at the end of the first half. Um, what have you seen from the offense and in terms of execution and, and what's been kind of, have there been similar trends in some of those drives at the end of half that, that's allowed you guys to be successful there? Um, I think, it, you know, just on a whole, um, is the execution, right? the guys knowing what's going on now, um, the anticipation of what, you know, they expect to be called and um, the anticipation of knowing what the defense is going to present to them. I think all of that stuff is, you know, just playing into them being able to execute it at a, at a better rate now than maybe at the beginning, right? Which is natural. Um, and then on, on top of it, the guys are just, you know, their own in their assignments. The missed assignments are gone way down. Um, and then we're having some we're having success throwing and running. Uh, once we get across the 50, uh, we, we've done a nice job of kind of mixing that up and been able to hit a couple shots too. And anytime you can do that stuff, that helps. That drive, uh, I guess. Detroit at the end of the half. What, what specifically did you like about the execution there? Well, I mean, how many, how many plays was that drive? How was? Yeah, it was like the, yeah, we've had a few of those this year where where we've had a, just a nice blend executed on third down, right? That's kind of the, the biggest part. We were almost 60% or something like that or 55% on third down in that game, so that helps. Um, you know, if, if you can execute on third down, you get more opportunities, and then that obviously that helps the defense too. They're staying off the field now a little bit. And then we're, we're the, the biggest thing is we're, we're, we seem to be being, being able to use up most of the clock so the other team doesn't get a, get a crack at it either. A little going down, is there any consideration of using Bayless Jones as running back to try and get him back involved on offense? Yeah, I think we're going to look at as many different ways as possible to, to fill that void. No, nothing will, will, will necessarily replace Khalil. He's done such a nice job for us, uh, been a mindset guy. So we're, we're looking at a bunch of different things have been climbing towards your standard, that 48% benchmark that you set. Justin, with his legs, has converted a lot on third down. What kind of luxury is that for you guys as an offense and you as a play caller to know that that is there for you on third downs? Yeah, I mean, anything to make the defense accountable to as many different things is the, is the goal, right? I mean, anytime you become kind of one track, anything, it's really hard to be successful in this league. I don't care how good you are. 
Um, so being able to kind of just put more on the defense's plate is what's, you know, the biggest uh, reason why I think uh, they have a lot to think about now. Justin, about the ability in the offense for him to maybe just check to a fade route to, to chase now that he's here and how long that may take for him to be able to do such things. He said that's not, he's not allowed to do that. He said maybe five or six years from now, I'll be able to do that. If the offense keeps playing like he's playing, you won't be here in five years. So how how do they get, is it possible to get to that sooner where he can get to those checks? I was thinking about a play when you guys ran a quarterback key down by the, in the red zone and Justin picked up five yards from the quarterback key. Mm-hmm. One-on-one, it looked like a good opportunity from the fade to the field. Mm-hmm. And I asked him about it, he's like, we can't do that. Is there a way to get to that? Well, I, th- I think it's more like the timing, you know, of when you do that. Um, because there are- Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to get into this. We're we going to break this down. I have to give credit to whoever just asked that question. That's the best question I've heard in a Bears press conference in six months. <laughs> Shout out to whoever that was, man. If y'all know who that was, shout out to you, dog, for asking relevant questions to the coach. Because what we got yesterday was moronic. There are plenty of times that we do kind of give him that freedom, uh, but then there's times that we don't. So right now it's more in the structured world of like, okay, hey, when this opportunity presents itself, you can go ahead and do what you feel. And uh, he's done that already this year. Um, and so it's, it's, I wouldn't necessarily consider it more about like a freedom thing or a trust thing. I think it's just a growth of playing the game, like of knowing when those times are real, when they're not. Um, I think that's more about as much as anything. I don't think, um, you know, as we grow together and he sees things and he is and he has reasons why, like I'm, I'm, I'm all in. That's I, I, listening to the players is more important than, than just about anything else you do as a coach. Sort of a natural, I guess it would be impatience, but curiosity of, of what Claypool's emergence timeline would be. How would you kind of characterize all the things that he has to get comfortable with and settle in on to kind of continue climbing in, the, in a role? Yeah, it's a, that's, that's probably a more difficult question. I think that's, I mean, um, I mean, if you watch, you're watching us play, right, and you kind of see how the thing kind of flows, and uh, there's a lot of moving parts, and we, we include a lot of people in what we do, and so. Uh, I think it's just it's not as simple as like if you're you're watching some teams like uh, let's I'll just use my my past history of like you know in 2014 we lined up in two by two or three by one and you lined up Devonte Jordy and Randall and Aaron's your quarterback and that's it like that was like, so if someone popped in that offense it would probably be a little easier because you just plug in place where we just have a lot more moving parts as far as specifically one guy with what the way we're going right now uh, to to isolate maybe is the best word. Uh, so he's, he's having to learn a lot, and he's, I mean, he's done a tremendous job. I mean, to pick up as much as he's done in two weeks is pretty impressive. So I think, I think the opportunities will just continue to grow. I think his role continues to grow, and uh, we're, we're, we're on the right track. What, what gets figured out at halftime, and how, have you learned, how did you learn in your career how to adjust during that? I mean, how much time do you have to yourself there? Not very long. Yeah, yeah, it's not very long, but I, I think it's it, it goes into the whole week of planning, um, and when you when you're when you're pretty specific with your plan, um, it doesn't make you feel like you have to go off the rail and come up with something crazy, um, and so we've we've done a good job of that. Our, our our staff does a great job of 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 just like being supportive with each other and getting the guys prepared for. By the time we hit Saturday, the guys are feel like they're in a really good place. Um, and then, you know, I think it's just when you go in and you communicate, hey, like, this is what we're going to do, it gives the guys another opportunity to kind of, like, soak it in. Okay, this is what we're going to do. They're not going out blind. Because uh, when, when our guys know what they're doing, we're, we're, we're pretty good at it. Well, can you talk a little bit about the timeline of the game? Two minutes ago, we could have won it two weeks. You know, Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you're trying to, as always. Anytime you get in these two minute drives, you you want to get your you want to get it started. First first down is the most important, I think, to get those things rolling. Uh, it was unfortunate, you know. Cole's Cole's about to break open for a big for a big one, and you know they have the supposedly incidental contact, right? <laughs> uh, but no, that that was that was tough, and there was there was things in there, and it's not just anything. Uh, 
not one guy or, or another. Uh, we, 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 again, we, had, we malfunctioned in the protection on the last one. Uh, so that was a disappointing part of it that we got to get better at. That's the second time Minnesota was the first time. And then we did that again here. Uh, uh, and didn't, we overcame it in Minnesota and got the ball rolling again. This one we did not. Obviously, it was fourth and eight. So, uh, so that part of it, we got to get. We can't. We can't malfunction whenever it's critical time. And then you know, uh, play calls or play calls. Players bring them to life. Um, the guys are doing their job, and we just got to execute a little bit better and make sure we we we, uh, we finish those off. As, as an extension of that, what is you, what do you perceive would be the value of getting one of those done in a late game situation to to go down and win a game for 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 Justin for offense for everybody? Yeah, I mean that's. Confidence, right? Anytime you have some success, you build confidence. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's important. One, you want to win, right? It makes it feels better to win, for sure. So that's important. And then the second part is just, yeah, you get you, it gets confidence in everybody, They're believing in themselves, believing they can do it, and and they know they can. I mean, they've done it. They've, they've done it all year. We most of the time we've done a really good job. Like I said, what was Washington? We go all the way down. We we just don't we just don't punch it in. So we're we're getting better. We we're on the right track. And we just got to make sure we execute better and not, not have those mental errors there at the end. He said that the route, Chase said the route tree here is more difficult, more intricate than what he was used to previously. Is there a way to simplify things within it to maybe get him more involved? Or is that something that maybe you don't want to do because that would change what you do offensively? Um, I wouldn't, wouldn't be the second. wouldn't be the latter there. Uh, he, he's learning it. Um, I think you know how it started. It was like, hey, these are what you need to know for the for the for this game. And then last week it grew more. Um, and then now this week, you know, he's closer to just like diving in and being a part of it. You know, so as we, you know, where now the expectation is, we don't have to just tag the play as if when you're in now. So uh, I think that's part of the natural growth in this whole thing, because you can see. I mean, like we run the rock and we do a pretty good job with the play pass game, and so that's. It's not like we're just spreading them out. We're not the Cincinnati Bengals just spreading out two by two and spitting it out, you know, one-on-one -on -one routes. That's not, that's not been who we are. Um, and so it, it, it's 11 as one. I mean, that's, that's literally who, who we are as an offense. When Justin Warren lowers his shoulder at the goal line uh, to score at the end of the half, mm -hmm. as a coach, are you more excited that he's doing it or scared to death that he's lowering that shoulder it, it full force into yeah, I don't, you know, especially in the moment, you're not thinking about anything like that. It's the competitor in him. I think that's, that's why these guys rally around him. He's about winning. The dude just wants to win, and that's 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 our, that's our mindset. And you're, uh, what have you seen from um, Bayless in terms of the last couple of weeks where he's been in a healthy scratch, how he's responded in meetings and practice? Have you had a maybe pull him aside and give him a little pep talk, or what was it like? No, I think at the very beginning, maybe, but he's done a great job. I think, you know, uh, he's done a great job doing the – it's not like he's not getting reps with us. He's getting reps with us. He's getting reps with the scout team part of it. So uh, he's been great. He's been he's definitely been dialed in. Tyke does a great job with him. He's definitely getting getting better uh, mentally as far as being able to do more things too. So I think he's definitely, uh, you know, on the right track. Hey, Luke, I have a quick – Yeah. <laughs> you do too? Is that okay? All right, we'll do the heat kill. Um, so when Justin says things like his legs are tired, do you have to kind of be mindful of his workload in games and how he's tapering off during the week and how you prepare in accordance to, I know he's young, but also carrying a lot right now? Yeah, no, I think that's with any any players, uh, you have to do that, right? If if you call seven plays that are directed at Cole Komet, he, it's, it's going to be pretty hard to for him to be able to to do that, so that's yeah, that's with any position, uh, and definitely that's we're we're mindful of that for sure. I just had a quick Packers question for you. So um, obviously you were a quarterbacks coach and a receivers coach there in your time there, and I'm wondering how difficult is it for a rookie receiver um, to connect with Aaron and to get incorporated into that offense? Have you seen them a little Packers in that last game with Christian Watson? They started to hit a stride there. So I'm wondering from your perspective in both roles. You know, what is that process like of earning his trust as a rookie? And is it more challenging? As soon as I want to give him praise, here come this month. It's not more challenging than any other offense. I don't want to speak to somebody else's stuff, but I think it's, it is. I mean, when you go to an elite-level guy and you're brand new, I don't care if you're a rookie or just a guy that's a free agent, and you go to – you're like, he's an intricate dude. Like, I mean, he's very detailed, and uh, he, he expects things – you know, expects you to be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. And so – uh, I think it's just like anything. You experience as the year goes on, people get more comfortable, and you find that groove. And obviously, like you just said uh, last week, he, he found it with the, with that young man. Thanks, Thank you. Appreciate it. Yes.
That was Luke Getze breaking down this offense. Uh, we gonna cut it there. I, I mean, I, listen, I, I like a lot of the things that Luke Getze were what, was talking about there, right? I like I, for once we got a good question um, because Justin Fields isn't allowed to make those adjustments a lot of times at the line. That's big, right? That's 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 something that that is. A lot of other quarterbacks around the NFL have the ability to do that. Again, though, we're talking about the growth. We're talking about the development. This goes back to what we were talking about with Shady McCoy, right? Like, if you're going to have those moments, if you're going to have that growth, if Justin's going to get to that next step, he has to go through these moments. He has to go through these, hey, you know, he's he's getting his game together. He's slowly moving in the right direction. He's slowly figuring out how this offense works. Now we're going to allow him to make the call at the line. Now we're going to allow him to make right like different calls and stuff like that. Um, so it, it's about growth. It's about continuing to move in the right direction. It's about continuing to uh, uh, um, make this team not just so Justin-centric, but make an offense that's going to work for Justin Fields and make his life easier. Make an offense that's going to make Mooney's life easier. Make an offense that's going to make uh, – uh, um What's, what's Buddy Nay? Uh, uh, um, you know, uh, Komet's life easier. It's going to make, uh, you know, at some point, Claypool's life easier, right? Like, that's what Getsy's job is here. And I think he's done, you know, a fairly, fairly decent job to start the season of just building that team up and continuing to, to make those moves, make those decisions, man. Um, hey, I'm going to drop a solo video instead on uh, the Chicago Bulls because I almost dropped my keyboard. Um and we'll have that out later today, just just asking about just breaking down kind of what we saw last night and uh, what that went down with. We'll also be dropping content throughout the day. And also, if you are a super fan, be on the lookout for another hour and a half show for me and P Kid as the views from the Bleachers podcast is back. It will be a weekly staple on this channel. Uh, if you are a Breeze super fan and you are signed up, you will be able to see the video access on that. If not, we'll have the podcast posted over on the Apple side. But if you want to see all the video, see all the hilariousness and all that stuff, man make sure to tune in on that what's our topic our topic this week was uh victor Wembanyama. how many stars in the nba right now would you trade for him and then we got into a little bit of the kd uh uh, uh kyrie situation stuff like that man so we got a lot of that uh coming up for you guys man ton of content coming out on the channel so be on the lookout as always man it's your boy pat the designer back at it again be on the lookout for our bulls video and more bears content throughout the day y'all stay safe out there chicago What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.